Hello, Praise Community Church. Good to have you back here again. Uh, just grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always like Paul kind of starts a lot of his letters uh, with that phrase, a grace to you and peace to you from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. So I share that um, with you. We are entering uh, this week is what we would traditionally call in the church Holy Week. And it is a time where we really observe a lot of different aspects of the final week of Christ's life on earth. And so I kind of want to just uh, share a few opportunities to kind of give you uh, some ideas, maybe encourage you of some things that maybe you could do as we kind of again are leading up to uh, Easter Sunday, the day when Christ uh, is resurrected from the dead. Uh, I know on our webpage we have linked a opportunity uh, for Wednesday uh, for Global Communion, and it is a movement that they are trying to coordinate around the world that people would simultaneously be taking communion at the same time at 2 p.m. on Wednesday. So whenever you see this, it may be before then. Uh, if so, you can go to our webpage, www.praisecc.org, and there's a link on there that you can go and get more information uh, on that. Uh, if this is after that event, um, I just wanted to kind of give you a couple of more opportunities where I think it would be appropriate to utilize communion as a part of your observation of, of Holy Week. Uh, traditionally, we would look at Thursday being Monday, Thursday, and traditionally in the church that has been a time where we have recognized the Last Supper where, where Christ actually instituted the Last Supper, the breaking of the bread, uh, the, the, the juice representing his blood. Uh, it was also a time that Jesus uh, washed the disciples' feet. It was also the day in which Christ was betrayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Uh, the word Monday and where we get Monday Thursday is Monday is the Latin word for uh, command, and it refers to Jesus's commandment that he gave to the disciples when he met with them for the Lord's Supper. And it's found there in John 13, uh, verse 34 through 35. And it is the commandment to love one another, Jesus says, as I have loved you. Again, it speaks kind of to probably the, the commandment uh, where Jesus uh, said that, you know, the greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And then the second commandment uh, is like it, and that is to love your neighbor as yourself. And ideally, really, you cannot do the second commandment until you are doing the first. Because really, the love that we're going to need to love others with has got to be the love that comes to us first and foremost, from God the Father. And it's really when that love comes to us from God the Father that we're able to love him in return and the overflow of his love as that pours out is the love by which we can love uh, one another. And so again, Monday Thursday is, is an opportunity again to recognize 
uh, those events uh, in the life of Christ. And so I would just encourage you, if you're going to be doing communion on Wednesday during the Global Communion, whether you want to do that on Monday, Thursday, again, it's, it's as simple as just getting some grape juice in a cup. It doesn't have to be anything fancy. You can get a cracker. Uh, again, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. And it can just really be this simple. The Bible is just very, very clear that these are symbols. This represents the body of Christ. The juice represents the blood of Christ. And all the Bible asks is that when we do it, that we are rightly discerning the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, that we recognize what it represents and what it means. And again, uh, Jesus said no greater love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus said, you are my friends. And this is the greatest demonstration of love that Jesus laid down, gave up his life. His body was broken. His blood was shed for you and I, that we could be forgiven and restored back into a right relationship with God. And when we receive the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, again, uh, with that understanding, we're rightly discerning the, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, some of you uh, are familiar with Good Friday. Uh, normally, a lot of churches uh, do services on Good Friday. Again, Good Friday represents an opportunity uh, to recognize that's the day that Jesus is crucified. It's the day that he is hung upon the cross. He dies upon the cross. He's laid uh, in the tomb. And, and so again, it, it's an opportunity to uh, just recognize the significance of that day. Now, a lot of people ask, you know, why do they call Good Friday good? Well, there's traditionally three traditions or reasons uh, about that is some people say, well, it's Good Friday. Uh, it may not have been good for Jesus because he's suffering a horrific death on the cross, but obviously it's good for us in that, you know, through his death, we find life, we find forgiveness. God's anger against sin is satisfied through the death of Christ on the cross. So while it's not good for Jesus, it is good for us. That's, that's one uh, thought, one reason people refer to that as Good Friday. Another is, is some kind of see it as a variation of of the word God. So good, you just take one of the O's out of there and you've got, you know, God Friday. That it's a day, again, that recognizes a great work that God allows to happen on our behalf. A third one is that the word good back in the olden days was a variation of the word holy. And in some Faith traditions today, you'll kind of hear them refer to Good Friday as Holy Friday. And again, they're picking up on that variation of the word good there. So again, here are just again some opportunities uh, to really kind of prepare yourself, again, to recognize the significance, the, the solemnness of uh, these days leading up to uh, his resurrection Easter Sunday morning. So I just encourage you uh, to, to take an opportunity, take several opportunities uh, this week uh, to just find ways that you can again recognize and celebrate these events in the life of Jesus. I promise you it will really make 
uh, Easter Sunday morning that much more special and that much more significant as we again just prepare our hearts. And again, it's it's just so difficult that we're not able to gather together as a faith community to do that uh, together. But again, we feel that there are uh, opportunities like this uh, of things that we can do at home uh, to prepare ourselves uh, just the same. So I just encourage you, whether that's Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, uh, if you want to do all three days or two of those days, uh, again, just to make it uh, an opportunity to really recognize uh, what Jesus did for us, uh, because there just are so many things that happened in that last week of his life that are just um, so full and rich uh, in depth and meaning. The other thing I kind of want to just uh, put out there before you is uh, the elders uh, of the church have really kind of uh, asked me to just bring to your attention, to ask you to prayerfully consider maybe setting aside some time for fasting. Uh, fasting is, again, one of those uh, disciplines uh, in the church. We see it as an opportunity uh, to uh, just deny yourself. It is a, another way that you can look um, at fasting. And so we're kind of just inviting you to prayerfully consider how God might be calling you um, to fast. Now, let me just say right up front that I know that there may be some of you that have uh, medical issues that would prevent you from uh, doing a fast that where you would be denying your body uh, food. And so again, if you've got medical uh, issues there, uh, please do not uh, do this without the consent or at least the knowledge uh, of your doctor. We don't want anybody putting um, their life um, in jeopardy or doing anything that would maybe kind of cause harm there. Uh, so if you are kind of, you know, on the brink, you know, on the, on the edge of not being able to do something like that. Again, we understand there are other ways that you can fast. I mean, there are things that you can do, maybe fasting, you know, television, uh, fasting, uh, the, the computer, internet. I mean, there are, are a, a number of things that you can fast if you're not able to do food. But for those of us that are most fast that I'm aware of are fast that really do involve uh, either the partial or the complete denying oneself of food. And some people will do that, uh, you know, for a meal. Um, some people may do, you know, half a day. Some may do a full day. Some of you may be uh, people that are able to do beyond uh, a day, may do three, uh, four days of fasting. Again, it's just whatever you feel the Spirit of God uh, is leading you to do in that. And I think a lot of times we kind of think of fasting uh, as one of those things that really kind of is reserved for, you know, super Christians, you know, or people like, you know, the Apostle Paul or Jesus. We know Jesus, you know, was someone who fasted regularly. And so there's just always that temptation to look at fasting as something that's maybe reserved for people uh, who are maybe more spiritual. And again, that's really... Uh, not biblical. Um, I believe uh, fasting really uh, needs to be a part of uh, our ongoing life as a Christian. I, I think fasting is really kind of Christianity 101, and I, and I think fasting really needs to be um, a regular part of our ongoing walk and relationship 
with God. I think there's just a lot of scriptures out there, you know, that talk again about just the need uh, for fasting, the benefits um, to fasting. Certainly there was that time where, you know, the disciples uh, tried to uh, heal a boy who was uh, possessed with a demon. And I think the demon was throwing him in the fire and throwing him in water and, and trying to kill him. And the father brings him to the disciples and they were unable to uh, cast the demon out. And so the father brings him to Jesus. And of course, Jesus uh, delivers this young boy from these demons. And the disciples go to Jesus later and ask them why they were not able to cast that demon out. And Jesus said that this type of deliverance or this kind of demon uh, will only be cast out with prayer and fasting. And so again, there just are certain things in our Christian walk that we will not uh, be able to do or we will not experience without uh, the regular discipline of fasting. Paul talks in uh, Colossians 2, 3, and he says, In Christ Jesus lie hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And I believe there are certain parts of wisdom and knowledge that we will never discover apart from fasting being a part of our ongoing uh, lives as disciples and followers of Jesus Christ. There are just some things that we're just not going to discover, that we're just not going to walk in as fully or as deeply as we otherwise would without fasting. Oftentimes when uh, I am fasting, I like reading books um, or articles on fasting uh, because it kind of is a way for me to kind of uh, grow in that um, discipline as I'm doing it, um, to be able to read about that, to discover uh, more uh, truths, more understanding about what fasting is, uh, the benefits to fasting. I think probably one of the best books I've ever read on fasting is called The Rewards of Fasting by Mike Bickle uh, at the House of Prayer in Kansas City. And it's a book I'm kind of reading through again right now. And it's a book that I would highly recommend. But I also have, you know, just a lot of other different books that, you know, I have in my library that really kind of talk on, again, that discipline of fasting. And, and each one of the books will just give you uh, different insights into uh, this discipline of fasting. So it, it's something that the elders are encouraging, uh, especially for this season, as we're kind of going through this pandemic with the coronavirus. But I would also encourage you that I think it's something that we need to be incorporating uh, as a regular part of our discipleship uh, with Jesus. So again, we just want to just encourage you. Uh, and again, this just needs to be spirit-led. I, I would encourage you to really pray about this and ask God, you know, how is he calling you um, to fast? In what ways is he calling you to enter into the fast? And for some of you, if you've never done that before, I would just encourage you by start simple. Some of you, it may just be fasting a meal. 
For some of you, it may be fasting, you know, uh, um, coffee. Uh, it may just be a, a something very, very simple that you kind of just start with and then gradually kind of work your way towards um, bigger, uh, longer, maybe you're, you're where you're going a whole day uh, and you're going without food. And again, uh, when you kind of get these books, they'll give you a lot of different types of fast. You know, there's the Daniel fast where you kind of go without meats and sweets and you're kind of primarily eating vegetables and fruits. So that may be a kind of a fast that you want to uh, maybe look into. Uh, so again, there's many, many different kinds a fast out there and we just want to encourage you to explore uh, what options are available there and again just ask God to kind of lead you uh, in how he might be calling you to uh, incorporate that uh, both into the short-term and long-term part uh, of your discipleship so we just uh, again uh, we're praying for you uh, we trust that uh, you're encouraged uh, in this time knowing that, again, God is with you, uh, that he is, again, uh, working to bring good out of this. I kind of talked about that last time, and I'm just excited um, to see when this is all over, as, as you know, things kind of begin to unfold, as we kind of try to get back to some sense of normalcy. I'm excited to see how God is really going to use this uh, to bring forth some really, really good things. And, and history is full of opportunities where God has taken uh, very difficult uh, times in the world and, and has brought forth good out of them. I mean, I think of, you know, the very uh, first, I saw this on the internet the other day, and again, just a reminder, you know, as Noah and his family were upon the ark, I mean, you know, that was the first, you know, in shelter, uh, you know, shelter in place, lockdown uh, of the Bible. And, you know, again, we, we see all that God did through Noah uh, and his family as they just remained faithful to God. So I just encourage you, just remain faithful, keep your eyes focused on him, stay in the word. Um, you know, if you can get online. There's a lot of great praise and worship music that you can be playing that will, again, will encourage you, uh, just praying and just, you know, contacting people by phone, encouraging, you know, friends, um, people that you know here in the congregation, take that opportunity just to call, connect with people. There are things and ways that we can really stay connected and encouraging one another. So again, I just, you know, ask you to just be prayerful, be open to how God may lead you to just be an encouragement uh, to those around you. And so again, I, I just, uh, just we're praying for you and we're just trusting that God's got this and we just believe uh, that uh, a lot of good is going to come from this and I'm just excited uh, to see the testimonies not with just us in our congregation but just around the world as this has had an effect uh, pretty much uh, upon everybody throughout the world so I'm just anxious and excited to see what God is going to do uh, with this. So let's just bow for a word of prayer. Father, again, I just pray as we enter into this uh, holy week, Father, as we take this opportunity to again recognize and to observe uh, the many things that happened during this particular week leading up to the crucifixion, the death, and the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. 
So, Father, we just pray that you'll meet us in the word, that, Father, you'll again uh, speak to us through these stories of Jesus meeting with the disciples, uh, their time of communion, him washing their feet, uh, him speaking uh, words of encouragement to them. Good Friday, again, as we recognize uh, his death upon the cross. And Father, again, as we make that journey toward the empty tomb, Father, we pray it would just be a time of remembrance, time of, again, just uh, coming together and, and sharing uh, the body and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Father, as we do that, that we would do that in a way that would honor and glorify what Jesus has done for us. And again, Father, we thank you, Lord, that it's through this that you have demonstrated your great love for us. And Father, I pray that we would encounter that love in these days to come. And Father, again, we look forward to that day when we can once again celebrate the empty tomb. But until then, Father, we just pray you'll be with us uh, in our journey, in our time leading up to that. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.